Yet another poor start ends poorly for the Arizona Coyotes as they take a 3-2 loss to the San Jose Sharks in San Jose. We're going to talk about this game, break it down, see what we all thought on this episode of Locked On Coyotes. Plus, we're going to take a look at some roster news, anything going on with the Arizona Coyotes on today's episode. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Robin Leonio. That's Carl Pavlock right beside me on today's episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. I want to thank everyone for making this show your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. We got a great show for you guys on today's episode. We are breaking down the Arizona Coyotes 3-2 loss to the San Jose Sharks. Plus, get some roster news in there, of course. Um, But let's take a look at this, you know, this loss to the Sharks, Carl. Um, and we can really pretty much pin this down to a poor start because two goals minutes um, from yep. San Jose essentially is what made this game what it was. Uh, definitely. Uh, Tomas Hartle and Nick Benino uh, scored in the first five minutes. Uh, in the preview, we talked a lot about Hurdle. Um, didn't talk as much about Benino. Um, but yeah, definitely a slow start. Coyotes couldn't really recover, which is funny because I think we all thought it was going to be like another high scoring affair. Mm-hmm. Ended up being relatively low key. Yeah, you know, it was it ended up being just under. Um, I mean, it was at, ended up being five goals total. I think um, I even tweeted right before, right as the game started. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, picking the over in this game seems like a no brainer. Yeah. Um but, you know, I was wrong. And, um, you know, hockey happens. Hockey, uh, you know, like I think a lot of us probably had that thought. You know, if you look at analytics and trends and the way things go, like, yeah, it has the, had the recipe for a high-scoring game. But then you have to factor in the goaltenders, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously we'll highlight Arizona's goaltender. Yeah, you know. Three goals scored against on on uh, on Karelve Melka, but still, like like Karelve Melka still had himself a nice freaking game. Yeah, pretty solid. Uh, I mean, the thing is, when we're talking about bad teams, the analytics can only tell you so much um, because, like, two bad teams playing each other, weird stuff tends to happen. Like, they either get mm-hmm. to be like, you know an offensively deficit team like the Coyotes end up scoring a lot of goals or just like both teams kind of like simplify everything, shut it down. You get a traditional three, two game. Like there's no real way to tell what it's going to be. Uh, I was glad to see the Coyotes get a rare power play goal though. Uh, Started off the scoring with Lawson cross getting his 13th of the season late in the period on the power play like we need more like coyotes finishing period strong we need more power play uh we need more loss and crowds goals let's just talk about loss and crowds for a minute because like uh you tweeted it out um about 
I, I, I mean, like a little bit. I think a lot of people have been tweeting about Lawson Cross last night, right? Just about like you look at how he played, um, you know, two years ago over last year under uh, under Rick Tockett, where he was completely snake bitten versus these last two years, this season and last season. It has been a night and day difference of Lawson Krause. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that best kind of illustrates that is in the 2020-2021 season, uh, Krause had four goals, nine assists, 13 points in 51 games. Uh, This season in 26 games, he has 13 goals. Um, And, you know, uh, someone pointed out the fact that, you know, was Tockett being the coach part of the issue for that? And I do think that there is definitely some aspect of that. But I think Kraus has done a lot of good work to improve his game. Um, he is making sure that he is earning the ice time now. Um, had a good season last year. Ended, unfortunately, a little bit too early with injuries. But he looks ready to go. And he is certainly proving anyone who thought he was being overpaid wrong. Oh, yeah. Right. No, that's the um, that's one of the big ones there is is. I really, I really do think that you know coaching made a difference, but I think it wasn't the difference, right? Yeah. Um. So I'm with you on that. Like, I think yeah, he definitely worked. Like, he definitely saw what happened in that you know that COVID shortened year, uh, that half season that started in January, um, which is really weird, and to see how you know he kind of took that up and they made it an opportunity. And we looked at it last year, right? You said every player had something to prove. Lawson Krause was one of them and he proved it last season. And this season he's just on another resurgence kind of on an additional sense, proving that he is worth the contract that he was just paid. Yeah. Which is a, a good thing to see. Not necessarily something that you do always see because there are definitely players who you know get that contract and then immediately kind of stumble out the gate you you know you you usually expect the player to play their best in the year prior to getting signed so that way you know they get a lot more money Krause is kind of going you know he, he did really well last year but he's just building off of that um which is which is good he's not taking a step back he's continuing to improve um yeah, it's been just wonderful to see Kraus, a player who I think Bill Armstrong would love to have just the entire team be lost in Krauss's. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Especially this, this his overall play style. Um, no, got to love him as a uh, a solid power forward out there. Yeah, just just big but skilled. And, you know, when you look at who was drafted last draft, it's it's a lot of that. It's it's Logan Cooley and then big and hopefully skilled. Yeah, which is the funny thing, just seeing that big, seeing that difference. I mean, like, um, but I mean that's I mean that is the Bill Armstrong way. Um, I think also the tor- the Torney way because I think Torney also kind of likes those kind of type of players too, which makes sense because yeah. why would you get a coach that doesn't fall into that system? <laughs> um, but. <laughs> Yeah, m- most GMs aren't getting a coach who immediately is like, I don't like any of your players. Uh, this isn't uh, how that normally happens. But Cross is getting some some good utilization. Uh, looks like 
Keller and Gostisbehere assisted on his goal, which is always nice. Um, the other goal should point out Nick Bukestad. Yeah, Nick Bukestad having another, you know, uh, great, you know, like great year, great showing, kind of like, you know, having probably one of his better years, you know, at this point in his career. Like, you know, he had, you know, a pretty poor last couple of years that, and he's, you know, getting himself a, a resurgence on his own. Yeah. So his best year was 2014 15 in Florida. Uh, 24 goals in 72 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, also set career highs in uh, points with 43. This season, 27 games, six goals, five assists, uh, 11 points. He has tied um, multiple seasons uh, already uh, or exceeded him. So if he can keep this up, which may not be the case, he's shooting pretty high, but just continue to be a good five on five player. Like that'll be enough, especially for a player who's on such a cheap deal. Oh yeah. Right. Like that's, you know, um, and I think that goes alongside the, you know, the, the idea of what I was just saying with Kraus, right. You know, players are trying to prove their, you know, prove their worth. They're getting the opportunity with the coyotes because we know what the coyotes are. Um, yes, they're a better team than last year, but, um, or maybe there are worse teams than the coyotes were. <laughs> um, that, that sounds better. Yeah. That's a, just the, uh, the Blackhawks and the ducks are, um, another level of bad. Um, but yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been interesting to see the coyotes play. Um, and, and there's definitely bright spots. Uh, I think the fact that they have less, dead weight contracts. I don't want to say that um, because they, they do add, you know, experience and good in the room and all of those kind of intangible stuff. But the Coyotes last season had a lot of players who were signed to deals that were very high um, that were just not good on the ice anymore. And there's less of that now. So it is kind of interesting to see the change. Yeah, they are. I mean, they were, we're seeing the rebuild happen as it, you know, like as it actually happens, we're seeing everything move move forward in that way, which is pretty cool. But uh, we're gonna go and actually continue to talk about that, you know, kind of, you know, how we, like you know what we think about the Coyotes at this point, and you know, you know what we're gonna take away from this loss to the San Jose Sharks. Plus, get some roster news on this episode of the Lockdown Coyotes podcast. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. This episode brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. It's where you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From from pro football to college bowl season to basketball, the World Cup, and hockey, they've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which of course you do, you're listening to a sports podcast, you can find those at BetOnline as well. It's the fastest and easiest way to get all of your betting information. You can head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. So let's take some of the things that we can move away from this this game and kind of like, you know, that we can take away from this game and, you know, kind of apply it to, you know, the idea what we're talking about this 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 season. Because like, yeah, you know, it was a bad, you know, it was 
this, you know, the same problems for the Coyotes, right? They ran into the same problems as every other game. A bad start, you got penalties, you got it all. Um, I mean, they did get a five on three power play goal, but I mean, like, if you're not scoring a five on three power play goal, um, you got some problems. To be fair, teams don't really practice the five on three. There, there are definitely situations where I've seen like good five on threes that just don't score. Uh, the Coyotes did score though, so it, it was nice to see them hit that low bar. Absolutely, but you know, it's interesting to see what, like, you know, what it really is when we see two bad teams up against each other. Um, and kind of you really take it, it, it really puts you to the idea of highlighting those good players. High, and, you know, and we talked about that in the pregame show, right? It was like, okay, that's that's that, you know, we're gonna really put all our focus onto, you know, Jacob Chikrin or, you know, on the shark side, like Tima Meyer or Eric Carlson, because like, you know, it's, it's like, okay, th- these guys are the ones that, you know, are gonna be making making the moves and it's gonna be like, okay, like. We know these teams are bad, so what are the what are their values going to be now? We know like yeah. what moves are the is this team going to do depending on what happens in this game. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think the Sharks did a better job at shutting down the Coyotes than the other way around. Um, they won, of course, which is always good. But if you look, Keller has an assist on the power play goal. No, nothing five on five. Schmaltz was held off the score sheet, as was McBain, of course. Um, Krause's goal was on the power play, again, which is that. Um, only one point by a defenseman, Gostasbear, you guessed it, on the power play. Um, actually, I lied, uh, Nemeth also got one, but not who you would expect to see. And, you know, on the shark side, Carlson got a goal. Uh, Meyer didn't, but hurdled in um i think they did a better job at kind of getting their players out there yeah and and, you know like that also kind of gets us in the idea too of the conversation that we're having a team that has admitted they're rebuilding the coyotes and a team that hasn't admitted it and won't admit it and is just like we'll just be bad but see what happens yeah which, I mean, is, is certainly a way to go. Uh, looks like the only player who had a multi-point night was Nick Benino, which I, I'm not sure if you're San Jose, you want that from your 34-year-old. Like, you want the younger guys to be having those big nights. Um, I am lying again because uh, Scott Harrington also had two assists. But, again, you know, it's it's interesting to see how how the two teams dealt with each other, right? Um, and I like the you know I, I I'm gonna go pull some stuff from the from our pregame episode with, with uh, locked on sharks is the uh, you know using that term like you know uh, the fight for fantilly because you know looking at that idea that it was a you know a tank battle. Um, made it a little more interesting because I think a lot of people like I know there are a lot of fan Coyotes fans out there who still really want to go for I uh, want us to you know want the Coyotes to go for Connor Bedard um, 
But some have like, you know what? You know, the Coyotes can be, you know, a, still a somewhat bottom team, but at least play a little more competitive and actually look a little bit better and get the next best guy. Yeah. There's definitely like a lot of high end prospects um, at the top of this year's draft. And I do think there's definitely something to the idea that the Coyotes should be going out expecting or wanting to win every game, not expecting it because that'd be delusional, but wanting that, that next step. So I, I, I like what they did. I like that they seem to continue to improve. I don't think that there's much use in watching the stands too much and making sure that they're the absolute worst. Um, A, it's not good for your mental health to to do that. Uh, trust me, this is my third rebuild. Um, and B, there's there's absolutely nothing you can do uh, if you're like a listener, unless you're on the team or the coaching staff. <laughs> there is no way that you can affect the outcome of the game. So right. you might as well just you know hope for the best and and kind of see what happens. Like at least then you get like a little bit of excitement. Yep. Um, you know, and I think that's the cool thing, right? To see to see that little bit of excitement. I'll also add this too. Um, you know, there was a a tweet last um, you know, last night that pretty much said that, you know, like who would have thought that at this point in, you know, all the Arizona professional sports team seasons that the Coyotes would be the winningest team right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, which, which kind of just says a lot about the rest of the the sports teams. I think it says more about them than it says about the Coyotes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But still, you wouldn't have been, like, I, I wouldn't have taken that. I would not have taken that bet. Absolutely no. not. I would, like, I would be dumb to have taken that bet at the beginning of the year. It's like, yeah, you know what? I think in mid-December, I think the Coyotes are going to be the best team in Arizona. Like, I mean, there was a chance that the Coyotes wouldn't even have their like fourth win by this point in the season. Uh, they they have exceeded my expectations in a lot of ways, um, in a lot of really good ways. Um, but you know, it's a long season. We're still early. There's going to be plenty of games for the Coyotes to just horribly lose, especially after the trade deadline. Absolutely. Well, we're going to move on from this game and move on from talking about Coyote's tank talk, and we're going to talk a little bit of roster news in just a minute. I do want to thank everyone once again, though, for making Locked On Coyote's your first listen every day. I want to make sure to, to uh, put you on over to your second listen, make, you know, get a huge recommendation to our Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter most, the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with insights that local... that. With local experts, only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today is available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. But let's talk about some roster news. Um, and, uh, you know, tell everyone, well, you know, we had, you know, earlier this week that uh, Dyson Mayo was placed on waivers. Mm-hmm. And he cleared those waivers. Um, let's So let's you know, talk about that, you know, in the idea that, okay, he was placed on waivers. Are we surprised? No, I don't think I am. I don't think you are either. No. Uh, the, 
and and I brought this up on, on the Slack channel. The Coyotes are a team that frequently goes with seven defensemen, which is mm-hmm. unusual um, in and of itself. And Dyson Mayo is often not in that. So he is your eighth guy, which is not great. Um, his contract seemed like it would be reasonable. He was getting some major minutes last season. I don't know why the the step back has occurred. Um could be internal competition is just better. I'm not sure. Um, did you see? I think um, a Toronto-based athletic writer was like, "Hey, I wonder if they can get a pick to take the contract of Dyson Mayo if he gets sent to the Roadrunners." And I'm like, "That is uh, probably not going to happen. Um, at least not a pick that you would want. Like, what kind of con- what would you expect to take a, a player on a one million dollar deal?" No, you can't expect much. No, you don't. You you, you can't really expect much. Um, people usually just like think too. You know, they they go too much into it. Um, Dyson Mayo still even hasn't been, um, you know, reassigned to the Roadrunners at the time of this recording yet. So yeah. like, you know, that's already you know that that's that's one thing as it is. Uh, I think the Coyotes have thirty days to reassign him now that he's cleared. That sounds about right, yeah. Uh, it's not something you see too much, so I do not remember the rule offhand. But yeah, th- this I think I remember, I think I remember it was 30 days because um, it was around this time, a little bit earlier last year, when Kyle Cabianco was coming off of uh, an injury and almost instantly gets waived by the Coyotes. No one claims him. He doesn't get sent down. In fact, he actually plays a couple games with the Coyotes. Um, looks okay. Um, so they keep him up. They don't send him down. Those 30 days pass. And it's like, well, we don't want to wave him again. So we'll just hold on to him. And he just kind of fell flat after that. Yeah. I, I can definitely understand why the Coyotes want to hold on to Mayo, um, even if it's potentially not going to happen. Because they know that they're going to be having some major turnovers on their blue line. They know Chikrin's gone. They they ha- probably have a good idea that Gostas Bear's gone. Like, you need someone to fill those roles eventually. And, like, Mayo can kind of slide in for that. Um, it's just a matter of when those deals happen. Yeah, I also, you know, at the same time, I don't know if I can put my trust into Dyson Mayo to fill that, you know? Oh, I mean, l- let me say that uh, Mosier and Valamaki fill that spot, uh, and then Dyson Mayo fills the spot of whoever fills uh, Mosier and Valamaki's. Uh, like they're not going to be the number one, or he's not going to be the number one. Oh yeah, guy. that's not what like what I'm saying. Is like I don't like I still don't know if I can trust him in a you know of six or seven defensemen for the Coyotes. You know, if one of them's got, you know, like one of either, you know, no, if, you know, Chikrin and um, Gossip Spear are gone, you know, you have decisions to make on that side. You know, if you still want to stick with your six defensemen, seven defensemen, you want to go down to six. And also, let's also remember Victor Soderstrom is still sitting down there. Um, and we've, and we've talked about it, right? We've talked about how he plays better in the NHL. Yeah. 
we we definitely have uh it's it's a lot of it's a lot of calls that i honestly just do not know what to make um because i i do feel at this point the coyotes are gonna need defensive prospects like they do not have them uh it, it almost seems like you know you figure trade chikrin for a forward but they're pretty well stocked with like skill forwards it almost seems like they should be getting defensive prospects back and just rebuilding this blue line because i do not think that that is an area where they're strong um but you know in the meantime Playing Mayo was probably going to lose you a couple games, which I kind of want. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to go like too, you know, <clears throat> too, too, too like, you know, high up on the rankings because then you lose out on a potential trap position. I mean, you because it's a lot because of how the lottery works, you still get a chance at a top three. Um, yeah. But you know, those chances diminish the more they win games. So maybe that could be what they're going for, but maybe not, you know, they're, you know, cause maybe, um, they don't, you know, they, they look at their forward prospects right now and they're like, you know what? We're comfortable for forward prospects. We're going to look at one of the top defensive prospects in 2023. Maybe that's what the, maybe that's what the Kyders are going down. I mean, I'm more comfortable with the Coyotes' forward prospects than their defensive prospects. Um, I mean, I mean, again, look, we're talking Dylan Gunther, who's now already playing for the team, uh, Logan Cooley, Connor Geeky. I mean, he still has some stuff to do, as, as shown, but like, I think he can potentially build out to be something like you know the you know mid six winger. Um, yeah. You know, I think there's some other really good prospects out there, but. And you still got like veterans like Kraus and Keller. Like you could round out like a pretty good top six, top nine for the Coyotes. Oh, you can absolutely round out a solid top nine for the Coyotes with who they already have in the system. So like forwards, I am not concerned about. And that's why like, yeah, you know, it was great talking about the fight for Fantilli, but also... Like, you can take a look at, like, once again, the top defensive prospects. Um, and there is, you know, a solid, I think, couple in the top 10 prospects in the upcoming draft. And we talked about how, how deep it is, so, like, might as well. I mean, why not? The Coyotes did well with Jacob Chikrin, who I think, looking back, we can call, like, a very talented prospect who was taken who slipped in the ratings for, for some reason he's done well uh, outside of injuries since being drafted. Um, like they, they could go with another player like that. They need another player like that because unless Victor Sherstrom is ready to come up and be the, the guy, I, I don't, I don't know who the coyotes future top pairing is. I, I just don't like Mosier and Val Mackey. They're fine. I don't see Mosier as a top guy. I don't see Val Mackey as a top guy. At this point, I don't see Sosham as a top guy. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. You, the Coyotes need to figure something out um, to focus on defense. But on that note, any final thoughts you want to give out before we close things off? Uh, just, um, 
I, I, I wonder, because the Coyotes are going to be back home. They're going to play six of the their last eight games at home this month. I wonder if that's going to make a difference because the Coyotes definitely played better when they got back to Mullet Arena. They went on the road. They lost. Uh, maybe some home cooking will do them good. Absolutely. Well, that's going to be it for this episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review, like, comment, subscribe if you have yet to already. We're available everywhere you get your podcast, including on YouTube. And once again, for our local listeners, you can find us on the KPNX 12 News app. You can also interact with us on social media on Facebook, facebook.com slash locked on coyotes, and on Twitter at LO underscore coyotes. I'm personally at Robin underscore Leonio, Paul Pavlock, Paul Pavlock FFH. Interact with us, ask a question you might have, we might answer right back. We're on a future episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys can save up there. Hope you guys staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on. Ah!